Welcome to the Steadfast Carlsbad podcast. This morning's message was taken out of our 10 a.m. service. Let's jump right in, and we hope you're encouraged. Thanks for tuning in. So Noah, you guys know Noah. He's the guy with the boat. Um, and, and, you know, throughout uh, children's ministry rooms for years, you know, with the ark and the, anim- the cute little animals, you know, the lions who are, like, hanging out with the, the giraffes and everybody's just chilling, right? Uh, Noah is an interesting character. What's in, what, when we look at Abel, we don't see a lot of Abel's life, and all we see is good, in a sense, right? We know he's product of the fall, obviously. You know, his parents fell, and, and so he was living in that kind of a world. Uh, but we see he offers a, a sacrifice that's pleasing to the Lord. We see Enoch walks with God, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And he was like a faithful guy that, that loved the Lord. And so we have Noah now. And Noah's a faithful guy, but Noah also blows it. So I, I kind of like, there's like a part to where when you hear those guys, you're like, oh, okay. And <laughs> we're going to see Abraham. The more, the more, usually it's the guys who have like one or two verses about them. You don't get the, like the, the flaws as much. Uh, it's kind of like if you know someone from a distance, they might seem like super like perfect and cool and everything. And then when you get to know them, you go, oh, okay, you're a person. I get it, you know. So we get a lot more scripture on Noah, a lot more on Abraham and Moses and all of them. So, um, but Noah's story picks up in Genesis chapter six. Genesis chapter six, we're starting at verse five. So then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We're reminded that the end times will be like the days of Noah. And we kind of touched on this a little bit last week with Enoch. Uh, this was a significantly brutal and uh, exceptionally bad time in human history. And we see the fall that starts with Adam and Eve. And then we see them cast eastward. We Remember we talked about that. And then Cain further east. And it's progressed. Lamech, I mean, it's just getting worse and worse as we go. And so now it's to the point where the Lord is looking at man and he sees them, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart is only evil continually. So when we think we're in the days of Noah, not yet. But this is, there is a, a, an element of that that's maybe not complete, like every single person, obviously we know. It's not true with Noah and his family members. But it's a dark, dark time. So much so that the Lord's sorry he's even made them. From, it's amazing how fast things can degrade. From like God creating Adam and Eve, them enjoying his presence, them be, and then all of a sudden, within a pretty small amount of what, generations, a lot of time has passed because everyone's living to 900. But like things have gotten really, really bad. And so the Lord is ready to destroy the whole thing, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God's going to judge the earth, evil. And by the way, evil must be judged. We, like, we, we know judgment's a good thing. 
Like righteousness and justice are important things. And they're part of the whole Abrahamic righteousness. He calls them to righteousness and justice. This is what you should be about. And so we want a God that promotes justice. When we see the evils in the world, we don't want it to go unchecked. And so to understand how dark this culture, I don't think we can really even get it. It's a super dark time of history, but yet Noah finds grace or favor with the Lord. So verse nine, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was also was corrupt. Here goes another look at it before God. And the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. The world is full of violence. The world is completely corrupt. Everything is, is gnarly. But we have Noah standing out alone. And what does it say he's doing? He's a just man. He was upright. That's another word for just. He was an upright man having integrity in his generations. And what does he do? Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Noah had a relationship with God. When we go back to the garden, that's one of the, the telltale signs of, of, of God and man, the way it's supposed to be. Adam and Eve, Adam walking with God. Enoch walking with God, and then all of a sudden he was no more. And now we see Noah walking with God. So he walked with God. This was, uh, he trusted him, he got him. And, and, and to be able to understand this faith, Noah walking with God is the reason he has it. When we're talking about the hall of faith, the reason he has this faith is because he trusts God because he actually knows him. What are the things that you trust in your life? I trust my wife. Why? Because I know her. Like, I really know her. I know her really well. Like, I know her better than anyone. And I trust her, but because of that relationship and because of, like, how well, you know, throughout the years and all this, we, we get each other, uh, in a less to lesser extent, you know, also I trust the brakes in my car. I have a relationship with them and I trust them. Imagine if you didn't trust the brakes in your car, you would never drive in the mountains. You know, like, do you ever have that feeling where you think, what if my brakes go out? And they, I always try to think of like a backup plan. I'll get the emergency brake, you know, and you got to pull the, the you know, lever so it doesn't lock up. You just kind of, we're going to get this thing down the hill. So that's what we'll do. Remember my dad who's here, he, would, he drove a big old F-250 with a spray rig in the back and he'd come down the mountains and everything, you know, brakes are smoked, you know, half the time getting down that thing, you know. And so he was like, yeah, this is what you do. Use the emergency brake. And when I was a kid, I thought, just throw it in park. He's like, no, <laughs> that's it, dude. That transmission is going to drop on the, on the ground and it's going to be, that's it. That's, that's it. That's a, that's a wrap. Uh, no, don't put it in park. But you have a relationship with things like your brakes, right? What about like going on an airplane? You know, it takes kind of a lot of faith, right? But it's because you have a relationship with so many people that know and you, you understand and you get it anyway. You get the point. So we have this past relationship. I trust, I trust in these things. And so God, Abraham, I mean, Noah is able to trust in God because of his relationship. And that's why he's finding favor with him because he looks at him and he's like, you're not like the rest. 
who want nothing to do with me. In fact, they're going the opposite direction of me. Noah's a just man, and he's, he's receiving grace for that. Verse 13, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Uh, its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Um, and behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, which is the bread of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it, should, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him to do. As Noah and God have this relationship, as they are experiencing relationship, walking together, Noah is, first of all, able to hear God. He recognizes his voice. You ever hear someone's, a friend's voice or something? Like, you, you're like somewhere unexpected, like Disneyland. And all of a sudden you hear like your friend's voice and you're like, I know that voice. Like, where is that coming from? Well, the only reason you know that voice is because this is your friend. You've had time spent with them. I've shared multiple times when, uh, when Cannon was born and we're, uh, he, he, we're uh, I'm basically they're getting him all cleaned up and he's crying and he's bawling and, you know, and I'm like, man up, man, what is your deal? You know, I'm just kidding. He's a baby. <laughs> but I'm like, it's okay, buddy. And, and he's like crying and all of a sudden he looks over and he goes, and the nurse says, he knows your voice. He recognizes your voice. He's been hearing it in the womb. And all of a sudden he's like, that's what do you look like? I was wondering. And then he stopped crying for a second. And then he started again, you know. But it's relationship. Time spent. So Noah is able to hear from the Lord, right? And because of the relationship that he has, he's able to ask him to do something out, outrageous. Now, there's some debate as to if there had ever even been rain on the earth at this point. If there had, it probably like, I think there's, it's likely there was not at all. There's like a mist. And so the idea of building a boat is like, what in the world are you doing? Let alone a boat, boat that's bigger than football field. Like, and it's four stories and it's like football field. It's like insane. This is crazy. Who, who would come up with something like this? But it's because of relationship, Noah's able to hear God's voice. And as God speaks to him, he's listening. And so God's going to ask him to do something very, very, very difficult. And it's not just like a quick thing. You, anybody can do something difficult for a very short amount of time. 
for the most part, right? I mean, we could, I could, I could handle that for a second. You know, as men, we're, this is, we most of our injuries are from this kind of thinking, you know? I bet I could put my hand in the fire for like a second, you know? You're like, yeah, maybe, I doubt it. You go, that wasn't a second, do it a little longer. It's okay, man, it'll come back, you know? Like, <laughs> just scars and burns and boils and all that stuff, you know? We can handle things short. This is going to be over the span of 120 years he's building this thing. And and let me tell you something. If you don't know that God is asking you to do it, if you don't get the word and you're able to hear his voice, good luck building something of any substance because you're going to give up the first time anybody says anything contrary or the first time it gets hard. You think it's hard work to build this thing? I mean, imagine building this putting it all together for 120 years, being dedicated to doing something that it will only get you ridiculed, that you'll get questioned about every single stinking day. But yet, because of relationship, God is able to speak into Noah's life. Noah's able to hear and what he's being asked to do. What does Noah do? What do we see at the end? Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. Because of this relationship, he's doing what he's commanded. And I think this is the crucial element that as we look at the Old Testament, now we bring it to the New Testament, which is, remember, Hebrews is all about the superiority of Christ, how much better he is than the Old Covenant, bringing in the New Covenant so much better than the Old. And if it was important to walk with God then, when they had like kind of a, it wasn't as good as it is now. They had a veil. They were, they were stuck. There, were, there was issues. Relationship had issues. And yet they still were walking with God in whatever capacity they could. These are the men and women that we call heroes of the faith. Those that walk with God. And so I think the point here is obviously for them, but also for us. If you want to experience, because if we walk away from the hall of faith and we go, I just got to get more faith. I just need more faith. Like, let's, let's do this. We were talking about like angels and how, you know, they, they, they can be used to protect and all these different things. Last night, right? Because sometimes bedtimes are sketchy, you know? It's just the way it goes, you know? And so we're talking about angels and how they can, they can protect and some of the stories about what they would do. And if you were with us at the beginning of Hebrews, which feels like a year ago, <laughs> we talked about angels, Angels, cool. God, Jesus, just way, 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 way above. Angels don't want any part of that glory, no way. But Hazel, when she was hearing about these things, said, I bet I could jump off a roof and an angel would save me. And we go, no. (laughs) That's not what angels are for. So it's not something where we just are reckless in faith and faith. Like, I'm just going to go out there because I believe that I, if I believe, it'll happen. If I believe good things will happen, they'll happen, you know? It's not, it's not faith in faith. It's faith in, that's activated in a relationship. Because we're talking about Noah's active faith. Is someone spending 120 years to build an ark, is that active? I mean, is that a sign that you actually believe what you've been told? I mean, that's very clear. When, when we believe something we've been told, it's obvious. Like, so like, you know, when we were told that the hurricane was going to wipe out, most of you didn't believe it and you were here on Sunday, you know, so you didn't believe it. You were here. 
If you did, then you have some extra mac and cheese back in the house, you know, for, for a couple months. But our, our, our faith is made clear by our actions. It's by our feet. Our feet show where we're going. Our feet show what we really believe. And so Noah has this activated faith because of his relationship with God. So when God says it to him, he's like, I got it. Sure, I'll do it. Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. He was able to not just hear, but to listen with the intent of doing. Because I think that's a lot of times where we, we can come in, we can be filled up and, and in an era of podcasts and YouTube videos, we can get so much content and, and we, we can think, I'm really learning. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. But if we don't have active relationship where we're spending time with the Lord, walking with God, where we're able to talk to him and we're able to listen to him, to allow him space to speak in our lives, we'll never be able to live this kind of a life of faith. Because again, if we look at this like, here's how to have the faith of Noah. That's not the point. It's not like a, well, if you do this and do this, and then you go out and everybody goes out and tries to build an ark today, you know, and we take it out there to the, you know, to the ocean and we try and launch our arks and, you know, whatever. It's like, well, no, that's not, that's not what you're called to do. How do you know what exactly you're called to do? You got to listen. That's one of the beautiful things. God created all of us unique. He's created all of us with different giftings, all of us with different even likes and, and the things that we think and senses of humor. There's, there's certain people in my life that have really unique senses of humor and I like love it. Because it's like, it's not necessarily my sense of humor, but I love that it's yours. Because it's so like out there. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's people like that that you're like, oh, you are such an interesting person. Like I want to learn more about your childhood. How did you get here, you know? But it's because we all think, we all see things from all these different angles, and God has equipped each one of us, remember the body of Christ, to do certain things. How do we know exactly what those things are if we're not listening? Because he might ask you to do something relatively crazy. You know where you run into a lot of trouble? We try to do it with my beautiful, sweet daughter. You try to do something crazy without him asking you to do it. And I think that's a lot of times we're like, Lord, you'll meet me here. And he's like, I didn't ask you to do that. Like, that's not what I want you to do. First thing I want you to do is just like, just like Noah, just like you know, walk with me, have relationship with me, know what I want, know what I desire from you, right? Obedience over sacrifice. I'll sacrifice it all for you. No, obedience. Where does obedience come from? That's a relationship term. Rules without relationship breeds rebellion, right? So if we try to do it on our own and come up with a, just a rule system, to try, it's, it, we're going to turn off. But relationship is the key. When you trust someone, you, you trust what they say, and you believe what they say, and you value what they say. Now, when we put that in the context of the God who created everything that's above everything. Man, does that not inspire you to have like a little more quiet time with him? <laughs> Where you just sit? I was, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was just feeling overwhelmed. Just like, there's always, 
You know how there's like a list in your head of a million things to do and you're looking at the clock and you're like, I have 45 minutes to do two hours worth of stuff right now. You guys know the feeling? And you're like, I'm out of time. I don't know what am I going to do. And you start noticing that you start breathing really shallow. Have you noticed that? You're like not breathing right. You're just like, because you're so tensed up. And at one point I was like, go back to what you know. And you sit and you read a psalm and you meditate on the psalm and you just sit there and you're still and you just let God be God and you like soak up the word, what he said to you and you soak up his presence and you quiet yourself. You know what's amazing? You don't get it all done, but it's okay anyway. (laughs) Because you leave, whether you got that task done or not, you're still breathing like that the rest of the day. God wants us to be still and to sit with him and to walk with him and to enjoy with him. One of the best ways to have a conversation is in fact to walk with someone, right? If you sit down, you might be, especially if you're like ADD, you know, ADHD, it's ramped itself up a little bit, you know. Um, If you're sitting at a coffee shop and you go, you're listening in, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you like hear, hear a story. When you're talking to somebody else, you're like, What's that about? Or so you see someone order something and you're judging their drink. You're like, go back to Starbucks, you know, or something, you know, I don't know. Whatever it is. And you're just kind of catching that. But there's something about walking as you're, as you're just kind of just cruising and you go together. And it's, you're taking ground and you're, you're breathing in and life is around you. And you're moving and you're spending time with the Lord. This is the, the life that activates faith. So like if we can, if we leave this place and we go like, oh, yeah, cool. I need more faith. We get faith this week. I'm building up my faith muscle. Yeah, there's, there is that. But that faith is built out of relationship. Without relationship, you'll never do it. And, or your faith will be in faith. It's like you, why you have, you, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. That's because you're out of alignment. So, He did all that he was commanded. Back to Hebrews. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith. This was the motivation. This was the fruit. All came through faith. Faith, allegiance, trust. Following God warned of the things not yet seen. Now, what does this hyperlink us back to? The first verse. What is it? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. So this is that being played out in a real life example. And remember, we love examples. And so here it is played out in a real life example. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of the things not yet seen. He had no clue what in the world this was all about. Let alone, how do I get all the animals here? Like we can let this whole story become whitewashed over time and we could think of it as that nursery rhyme or flannel graph story. And we, but the, the, the key here is this is outrageous logistics and an outrageous thing that he's being asked to do. It's, it's, it's not doable. It's not, it doesn't make any sense unless God asks you to do it. 
and you believe he has the ability to have you do it. So he can't see it on the other side, yet he's moved with godly fear. And this is reverence for God. It's not like he's scared God's going to zap him or something, but there's a reverence for God because of his relationship. That's the other thing. If you know God, you are going to understand you are so much bigger. You are so much more. You are so much, ah, you're everything for me. So he was moved with godly fear. What does he do? Have they ever even seen rain? <laughs> and that's the evidence of the things God called him. The task was huge and everyone doubted him. They mocked him day in, day out. Does that get old or what? When people are on you and they're saying stuff to you and they're demeaning you. Now imagine everyone is doing that. And the thing you're doing is legit crazy. Like sometimes people will mock you for things that aren't crazy at all. You're like, oh, but this thing sounds crazy. They're like, what exactly is happening? All this water is going to come and flood the whole earth? Yeah, keep building your boat, you know? Like you're, you're nuts. The task was huge. Everyone doubted him. But if God called you, what else can you do? That's what was, it was really important when we, were, when we were coming here and we were leaving our beloved Kingsfield Church, RIP, now Calvary Foothill Ranch. And our friends, we've got a row, a back row of that, that generation there. These are my old youth leaders and students, then leaders, and we love you guys. And we had such a great thing going on over there. And when God called us here, it was a step of faith because it was not going to be an easy season. But it was, it was confirmed multiple times. And so when seasons even got even harder than you thought they would be, what's, what, what happens? I don't know. God called me here. That's the importance of relationship. Because if you go, I don't know, I think... If you come into it like this, okay, all right, you've been offered to go pastor a church in Carlsbad. We're going to just kill it. God doesn't need to tell me. I got this. What happens when you hit a rocky road? Start something new. Let's go do something else. We're going to play it, you know. <laughs> I just need a bunch of donors that are willing to give some seed money, you know. Like, what? We're not doing that. And so what ends up happening? You, you... If you don't have that foundation where you know the Lord told you, when things get even remotely rocky, you're gone. But the Lord had confirmed it. Part of the confirmation was that Frankie ended up taking my position. And that was something they were praying for a spot in that. God used the whole thing. It was amazing. And now years later, I am so glad to be here. I love you guys. I love this church. Our family loves this church. And we feel like he's doing something really cool here. But the sea, there's, there were seasons, especially at the beginning, were difficult. And they're always difficult at the beginning. I remember one of the guys told me, you're always going to be over your head if you start something new, a new job, a new anything. And, and that, that was definitely the case. There was a lot of hard seasons in there. But the reason you were able to endure those is because you knew God called me here. So, Lord, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, we're just here. We want to do what you want us to do. And so you're able to be like, that's what faith is, saying, all right, God, you asked me to do this. This is your problem. Like, this is your thing. Because you asked me to do it. We're going to try and do the best we can. We're going to make mistakes. But this is your problem. If it all falls and it doesn't work, 
That's because you didn't want it to, but you still wanted us to do this. So whatever Noah's thinking, I don't know what's going through his mind. 120 years of thinking, I'm sure he thought a lot of things. Like maybe he's just having me build this boat and maybe it's a metaphorical flood and maybe this will be a a housing place for like a lot of people. I don't know what it is. Perhaps it'll be a museum in Kentucky one day and everybody can go and visit, you know? could call it an encounter even. But he, it, the, it didn't matter. All he knew is that he was supposed to do it. And then he did it. That is the thing with Noah. He did all that he was asked to do. Well, how do you know what you're asked to do? First of all, you know from the Bible. The Bible actually asks, tells us what God wants of us. A lot. 90% of it's right there. 90, more than 90 And you go, well, God's called me something different than fruits of the Spirit. No, he has not. I guarantee you, wherever he's called you, that is part of it. To have an active relationship with him. To have it be outflow of your life. To love God and to love others. If that's not part, yeah, God's not really called me to love others. I'm cool with him, not other people. And he's like, oh, you got a ways to go then. So we have that, you know, so we know that. But then the, the, the nuance, and these are a lot of times the, the difference. The, the difference is in the whisper. The difference is in the walk. The difference is in the conversation. As we're spending time with him, he hears stuff. What in the world? But I'll tell you what, there is nothing like hearing him say something and then following through, even when it seems crazy, and then watching him provide. I've seen it happen. It's like, all right, Lord, I think you're calling us to do this thing. And I have no idea how that's going to happen. But I feel confident that we're supposed to do it. And you do it. And all of a sudden, bam. And not only does he provide, he provides like a thousandfold over what you would ever have imagined. And you go, I want to live this kind of life. Exactly. That's the point. The life of faith is supposed to be a fun adventure. We were created for adventure. We were created to do really good things, fun things. To not be so uh, safe in every little way. That's why young boys, what do they play? What's the video games they play? They overtake lands. They conquer. They're major league baseball players or basketball players. They're not mundane. They don't just like clock in a nine to five and, you know, clock out and then, you know, drive home depressed and then, you know... That's not what they're looking for. Not to say that that's not honoring to your family and all jobs can be used by the Lord. But the idea is that we were made for adventure. We were made for like living on the edge in some sense. And no matter what your job is, God will call you by faith in relationship to do some stuff that seems crazy. Building an ark, probably not. But building something that might not make sense, whether it be um, with your time, your finances, or with relationships. As we hear his voice, all the, 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 everything else fades. As, as, as I think as Noah's locked in on what God's doing, he doesn't really care about the other voices. And so we have not just, this is the beautiful thing, and this is what faith does. Faith doesn't just, where we go, wow, Noah, you're amazing. You don't, who gets the glory for this story? Not Noah, it's God. Look at what God did. He still, 
Even when man was completely wicked and, and rotten, and we go, I don't like that he did that. You would if you met these people. You probably would. Because you go, I, I, you know, there's certain things that like boil your blood. Like when kids are hurt, people who, who abuse children, like, do you go, I don't think they should have to do any, it's like, no, we're like, throw the book at that one. This is a culture that is completely rotten, wicked, and yet God has a remnant and he's going to take them through. So here we see Noah, other places in the New Testament. We'll hurry up here because, yeah. First Peter 3.18 through 22. For Christ also suffered once for our sins. Remember that's, uh, we've been talking about the, um, uh, the old covenant. It was uh, a day of atonement once a year, and it was like such a limited relationship. But Jesus did it once and for all. It's done. The veil's been torn. We now have access to the presence of God to live in this place of communion and walking with him every day. Whatever you want, it's right there. So Jesus, Christ suffered once for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient when once divine long-suffering waited, uh, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also the antitype, which now saves us baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of, of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Christ, who is above all. Isn't that wild as a baptism reference? I'd like to say I planned this out for months. I did not. <laughs> but it's the type, right? As the waters of transition, the floods, the deluge, there's the waters of transition, uh, it, and it's, it's from one, to, one thing to it, the new thing, a new covenant that God's setting up again with Noah. It's part of moving through from, from death to life. Children of Israel, as they're moving through the Red Sea, as Moses is leading them through the Red Sea and the Egyptians are following and they cross over. And then later, as they cross the Jordan into the promised land with Joshua, these are waters of transitions. These are waters of, of change. And so the baptism is that. It's a symbol. It's a type. And so even though Noah's was the opposite, because it was such a nasty time, like just now we go, the waters bring forth new life. But it's a cleansing down with the old, up with the new. You're being made new. This is the transformation. 2 Peter, Peter 2, 5. And did not spare the ancient world. God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Want to know something else about Noah? Maybe you didn't really notice from the, what we don't see in that original. He's a preacher of righteousness. Not only is he building the ark, he's telling people, He's trying to convince them. He's trying to tell them like of what's coming. 
He's, he's out there and he's like saying, guys, I know God and I know he's, please turn. Don't go this way. What's the result? They don't turn. And we go like, how in the world? What a, what a really bad, you know, ministry. He must have been a horrible evangelist. You know, we leave those results up to the Lord and, and ultimately the understanding the hardness of sin and, and how easy it is to be persuaded and to, to go and then to keep going and to harden and harden and harden and harden and you can't even hear the truth. You can't even see your way out. But Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He, brought, he, he was speaking out and then he was actively working. He was doing what God told him to do. In the meantime, he's telling everyone about it. He's evangelizing to try and get people to, guys, the boat, it'll save you. And so we, now we, by faith, are doing the thing that God has called us to do, whether it's crazy or not, whether it's an ark or not. As we're doing the thing God has called us to do, we're preaching to the world that, that the salvation is found in the one that's giving forth this message, that gives us forth this task. Salvation is found in him and following the way that he has made. So what's the way that Jesus made? The cross. With Noah, it's the ark. If you get in the ark, you're going to be safe. Of course, you know that the tragedy is at the end, it does start raining and the ark's sealed. It's too late. And of course, God starts over. He starts a new covenant. Promises never to destroy the earth like that. He's, he's progressively, you can see God progressively even more so having grace for his people right? by extending more and more grace for us. He's a benevolent and good God because we cannot say he's unfair. We are wicked. We're natural and we come out pretty wicked and then we're really good at getting worse so we as we look at the active faith of noah a couple things i want to look at how do you have an active faith one first most important thing walk with god you can't trust someone you don't know i recommend not trusting someone you don't know right that's like if you grew up in the 80s and 90s we were very scared of vans with candy and ice cream you know, got a, I got some ice cream. You want to come over here? You're like, oh, sure. What do you got? If it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ice cream with a gumball in the eye, you're pressing me, you know? Like, that's, that's getting close. If you give me some frostbit popsicle, I'm out. Walk with God. Trust. You can't trust someone you don't know. And guys, this is the point. This is where the faith is built in relationship, this is where it's all about relationship with God. He wants relationship with you. He tore. The, he's the one that tore the curtain. Remember, it was torn what? Top to bottom. Second, how else we activate it? We do what he says. Even if it seems culturally crazy. I put in culturally. Because I think that's, that's probably more likely what we're going to have to deal with. If it's crazy to the world we're living in right now, we still do it. And you know what? It's not easy to do. And we've had to make some decisions for our family about how we handle things like sports. And so we've had to make some decisions where we're like, this is what we will not do. And then they're like, please do it a little bit. And you're like, we can't do it. 
And it's amazing, like, the Lord confirmed it, and it feels like and there was one time where we were like, you know what, let's just let it go this time. And then we brought it up to Canon, and he's like, I don't want to do it. We're like, okay. <laughs> Lord, you've confirmed that, you know? And, but that's, everybody has their own thing. What God's called you to do, you listen to him, and do what he says, even it seems culturally crazy. Again, Abraham, we think about Abraham. Abraham, you're going to have a baby. How? God might ask you to do something that's totally crazy, but the response is, especially if you have a relationship, you do what he says. Verse, uh, or third thing, don't lose heart. If he calls you to do it, do it as long as he asks you to do it. 120 years Noah had to do this. That is a sustained faith. I think a lot of times our fates are like a sprint when we need to be thinking like a marathon. How do you do a marathon? You, you abide. This is it. Again, relationship. I'll do anything for God for five minutes. You know, I'll tell anybody about it. I'll go on a short-term mission trip anywhere. You're like, could you live for him for your life? That would be the key. That sounds like a lot more work. I'll do the hard thing. That's sacrifice. He's asking for obedience. Don't lose heart. If he calls you to do it, even if it's for 120 years, don't worry, none of us will have that problem. Maybe. You guys are on a 100-year plan, the chiropractors here, you know. Uh, enjoy the provision of his faithfulness. That's the fourth thing. As he's calling us to activate, enjoy the provision of his faithfulness. God kept his promise and he blessed Noah at the end. He's gonna come through. If he says he will, he will. How do you know that? Again, relationship. I tell my kids, we're going to feed you today, I promise. I don't see where it's going to come from. Of course you don't see where it's going to come from. It's coming. I promise. Matter of fact, I don't see where it's coming from, but it's, we're getting it. We're doing something. If you hold on long enough, it might be in and out because we're too tired to cook. So just hang in there. The longer for you, the better. More likely you're going to eat out tonight. So, so as we activate, we're looking at active faith as we're walking with God. Or act, our active faith, how our faith is activated, like the faith of, of Noah. Walk with God. Hard to trust someone you don't know. Do what he says. Even if it seems crazy, culturally crazy. Don't lose heart. Even if he asks you to do it for 120 years. And then lastly, enjoy the provision of his faithfulness. Enjoy that he comes through. You know what? You know when you see faithfulness? At the end. You know when you don't see it? When you give up. This close. You're just this close. You never know when God's going to do something radical and crazy. And a life of faith is in a life of an adventure where he can do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. He can provide in the most grandiose, outrageous way, out of left field. You go, where did that come? It was from God. You're like, I'm following this God. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us in person, head over to steadfastcarlsbad.com for more info. God bless.